You're listening to Pim Talk, the product marketing podcast, brought to you by InRiver. Let's talk about Pim. Let's talk about Pim. Welcome to Pim Talk, the podcast for product marketers, merchandisers, and Pim professionals. And every second Tuesday, we come together to share knowledge, experiences, and challenges to be able to create even better product stories. Maybe you're wondering what Pim is. PIM is a software that is all about managing all product marketing information in one place to create a rich customer experience in all channels and shorten time to market. And if you're new to PIM, check out our first episode, What is PIM? I'm your host, Thomas Schwabberg. I'm the creative director at InRiver, and we want to do this podcast for you and with you. So please contact us and tell us what topics you would like us to cover, what guests you would like to have on the show, or maybe you want to contribute in any way. So you can email us at pimtalk at inriver.com or send a message on Twitter at pimtalkpodcast. In this episode, we're going to take a look at the new research report, Turning Browsers into Buyers, that has been done by Inriver. So settle up and get ready for some new insights, numbers, statistics, and maybe some surprises. Today, I'm joined by my dear colleague, Bradley Watson. Welcome to PIM Talk. Thank you very much, Thomas. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, so how are you? I'm um, pretty good. It's Friday and it's Friday afternoon. And the last thing I'm doing probably from going home is um, getting into a conversation with you about a new survey that we've got. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. So before we jump into the survey, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your role here at InRiver? Absolutely. Yes. And thank you. My name is Bradley Watson. Um, I've been with InRiver for um, just over a year now. And my um, role is as the UK sales manager. So predominantly, I look at new sales for the UK market. Part of my remit does extend beyond the UK market and more international clients that are beyond um, the Nordics, um, Benelux, uh, and the um, Americas region. So um, those are more on an opportunistic basis. So as part of us understanding even better the buying behavior of the retail customer, uh, we have done this quite large survey uh, in uh, some different European countries and um, not at least in the UK where where you work. So um, could you tell us something about the survey and, and so in general? Absolutely. Yes. Um, I I think this is actually quite a a great survey because, you know, as a a salesperson, you know, working in different markets, it's really important to understand really what those markets look like. And first and foremost, being in a position to understand what are the nuances between those markets is a first step in understanding how you approach that market. So um, this survey had been put together Um, to ask a a number of questions related to um, the online experience of of individuals. Quite an extensive one. It's not statistically insignificant, but it involved over 6,000 online shoppers from the UK, Germany, Sweden, Denmark, the Netherlands, and Belgium. And um, quite a a large number of that. I believe over 2,000 were from the UK alone and uh, a lot of the statistics point mainly towards the UK. So that's what we will be talking uh, about today. 
As consumers today, we are searching for product information in many different channels, but what would you say? What are those channels if you look at the UK? That's a, a great question. Um, the survey showed us that um, 45% of online shoppers say they're using Amazon as their first um, point of call. It's their first resource. And just a, a quick comment on that. I, I, I personally find that that quite surprising and quite high. And I do expect it to, to rise because when I think about Amazon, I think of the Americas. So to hear that it's that high is um, actually very, very interesting. It's something that everyone should have at the, the forefront of their minds when thinking about how they're presenting information. Yeah, so, so even if you live in, in Sweden right now, so is this something that you recognize when you talk to your friends or family that Amazon is one of the go-to places for when they want to buy something? Yeah, um, even when I speak to friends and family, it is. And one of the interesting things um, about Amazon, and this is where it really comes into its own, is that you know it provides really good useful insights such as um, peer reviews of products yeah and this is a, a big driver for the way um, you know shoppers do actually do their buying today they want to know what the experiences are of others and Amazon are very good at providing that information so I do experience that you know um, across a, a wide number of um, people that I interact with in some cases the main reason why you go to Amazon at all because you want to see the reviews you want to to get that confirmation about that you're looking for the right product absolutely absolutely but besides Amazon uh, where do we go else if we want to find a product so when you think about the standard ways of, uh, of looking for products you know unsurprisingly what comes in second is the the standard search engine you know whether that's um, Google, um, you name it. And that, that, that's, that comes in at 28%. So that's still, still quite a powerful tool for ensuring that, you know, you've got access to, 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 to products. So it's something that shouldn't be ignored. And here I also think it's interesting that these search engines, that they actually own a part of the shopping space here. I mean, we have Google Shopping, they are promoting products. And if you would use another kind of search engine, they have their... I mean, way of promoting products. So um, they are sort of a middleman there. And of course, they want to make money on that as well. You're talking about Amazon here. You're talking about the search engines. But uh, doesn't people just go into the store uh, where they know that they can buy a certain product? Or um, what about that? Yeah, and I, I think in today's world, I think this is where this is um, pretty much changed or flipped on its head. Because if you think about um, your journey specifically when it came to buying products, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you would actually go into a bricks and mortar store. You'd actually walk in and view your products, actually pick them up themselves and then that moved actually on to visiting um, brand websites and our survey actually showed that 11% just 11% would visit a brand website so you know I think there's been um, quite a significant decline in you know actually visiting websites to find products but I believe this is actually an opportunity for businesses out there and I think this could be testament to the way that the, the search engines are good at presenting um, product information and one of those obviously is um, Amazon uh, a classic marketplace which is very good at presenting product information so the brand website is definitely a, an opportunity with only 11% um, of online shoppers visiting
Yeah, I think that this is um, especially a big challenge if you're a retailer that resells I mean, a lot of different brands. I mean, if you if you're within uh, home electronics, if I want to buy a TV, it's not like I, you know, go into a specific retail store online. Uh, I might, you know, go to a price comparison uh, page. I might go to Amazon or somewhere else to to see and re- research the the TV. Um, but for other maybe special clothes brands that have their own, you know, e-commerce stores or there they might attract people more directly if i only can buy these sneakers at the, the sneaker store absolutely and uh, i think what you'll find there's quite a big connection between um information being provided by amazon and search in engines as well as what is um being presented on brand websites because more often than not like you have mentioned you know if you are looking for a tv you won't necessarily go to that brand you might actually go to a classic retailer that sells many different types of products different um, brands of tvs but the big part that is played by a brand's website is reinforcing that not only the brand but the product itself so it plays a really important part in this ecosystem it may not be the first point of call but if you need a place to confirm you know what you're seeing about a product on a particular retailer's site then the brand place would be to do that so they're they're very highly interlinked and this is why it's important to ensure that your product content as well is um is um, sufficiently enriched to help with that that decision process and i mean no matter if your customer comes to your e-commerce site through a search engine or through a price comparison site or directly i mean it's so important that they get enough information and a good experience at your site uh, so they don't go away so what is needed to be able to convince the buyers would you say what do you as a e-commerce business needs to you know be on top of I think um, as an e-commerce business, there's a, a number of things that you really do need to be on top of. First and foremost, you, you, you need to remember that um, a lot of decisions are, are based on emotion. And the way that we're presenting um, data today can also um, can be pretty much a, a scenario where um, emotion is left out. And what we're trying to evoke today is that emotion. And if you think back to, you know, 15, 20 years ago where you were buying a pair of shoes, you could go into the store and pick that up, smell the shoe, feel it, turn it around in your hands. And that is a very difficult thing to, to obviously portray um, on, on a website. But, you know, with the advances of technology, there are ways of evoking um, those emotions when it comes to buying nowadays. And the core behind that is rich product content you know it it never fails to surprise me where i'm I'm, you know i always think about buying online from my personal perspective you know i've I've been on many websites to look at buying products and you know i look at the product descriptions and some of those descriptions are so minimal it's um it's actually crazy i mean i wouldn't actually and i don't actually do this make a purchase based on a limited amount of amount of information so the more product 
data that is available describing the product, you know, um, explaining how it could be used and relating other bits of information or even other products to that, a lens to um, helping with that purchase. And I think that, that has to be the foundation, um, you know, of um, presenting products today in such a, a digital world now. That, that, that definitely is the core, is rich product content. And when I say rich product content, not only is it the descriptions, it's about the images as well. So if we're in a scenario where I did want to turn that shoe around in my hand, you know, what is the availability of being able to spin that shoe around on, um, on, a, on a website to see it from different angles? Because, you know, we don't always see a shoe from the side, we see it from the top. I look down at my shoe sometimes, you know, that does happen. We look at the shoe from the front. So, you know, if that data is available, it helps to, to get closer to that buying decision. You're listening to PIM Talk, the product marketing podcast. Today we talk about the new research report turning browsers into buyers. And after this short break, we're going to look at the behavior of researching online and purchasing offline. PIM stands for Product Information Management, and InRiver stands for PIM. Want to learn more about how your organization can benefit from PIM software? We've put together a free white paper where you can learn what you need to know about how your e-commerce platform can benefit from PIM. Go to www.pimtalk.com to download a free guide to help you better understand how PIM can work for you. That's www.pimtalk.com. So another chapter in our survey, turning browsers into buyers, is research online, buy offline. And I mean, our shopping behavior has changed, not only what we're doing when we sit at our computers at home. I mean, it's also when we are out uh, in the stores and when we are doing research. Uh, so could you tell uh, me a little bit about what we found out around uh, these kinds of behaviors? Great question, Thomas. And, you know, I was in a conversation um, with a, a, a particular e-commerce director uh, a number of weeks ago, and we were talking about product content and what that really meant for him because they, they, they had, this company had bricks and mortar stores. And the challenge for him was not only did they have to present their products online for those people actually um, um, sitting um, you know, at their computers or, or even on their phones where they will make a decision there and then whether they're, you know, browsing multiple sites or manufacturer sites to make that decision. But of interest to him, and this was really important because they wanted to strengthen their ability for people to, to make purchases within their stores. And the interesting story about what he was telling me is the, a classic journey that he would see um, um, in customers in his store. So what he was explaining is that he would often see customers um, going into his store and they would be looking at the, the, the product itself. They would be picking it up and reading the label. And the next port of call for them was to go take out their mobile phone and start going to that actual company's website. 
And they were looking for a richer experience in terms of explaining, you know, um, um, the product itself and how it could be used. So when we think about the online experience experience today, this isn't just about, hey, I'm sitting at my desk and I want to buy something. This is also influencing those buyers who are actually in the bricks and mortar stores to reconfirm the message about that product. And this is actually a very telling story in terms of the the buyer today in um you know even in the high street it's a it's a very telling story okay but how common is this today based on our statistics and the statistics from the survey it, itself 58 percent um of buyers admit to actually doing research um, of products online while browsing in store i mean that is actually quite a large number that that is not insi insignificant whatsoever oh, and that's across all ages right that's across all ages absolutely and actually um two-fifths of those um are actually spe specifically seeking product information and that just um you know reinforces what i was saying just prior to this you know it's reinforcing a decision within the store itself and when we look at um, some of the, the nuances around ages itself, um, this number rises to 72% among 18 to 24-year-olds and is also higher for, me, for women as well than for men. So, you know, when we're thinking about how we're pushing product content, yes, it's important to ensure that there's a rich product content, but you've got to understand who the buyer is. And sometimes you've got to provide a bit more information for women, maybe a little less for men, and you've got to cater for you know, the different age ranges as well. So it's actually quite telling information that was gathered from this um, survey. Let's say we have the scenario that you're lacking product information on your website. I mean, what is the impact of that? What, what is the consequences? So our survey told us that 44% of consumers um, said that a lack of general um, product information would dissuade them from purchasing um, from an online retailer. That's nearly 50%. So if you can imagine, you know, you've got a thousand people, you know, browsing on your website and half of those and making decisions to browse away from your your website due to lack of information that's a significant amount of people and you know i, I don't think any business can afford to be in a situation where 50 percent of um, the people that they've worked hard to get into their online or onto their online store are walking away due to um, lack of product information is there any particular information that is more important than, than other or what how does that look yeah, absolutely. So um, we did ask that question as well. And uh, I mean, the results from the survey are almost as telling as, you know, the, the initial one that I mentioned of the 44%, you know, um, would be dissuaded due to lack of product information. But if we break that down, at the top, 39% of um, online shoppers said that if pricing information isn't available, then they would actually move on to a, a, another website. And um, it's actually sad today that we do see instances where and that basic information is lacking from websites. And, you know, businesses just can't afford that into, in today's market where it's so competitive. But um, second from that is um, 
is um, availability of the actual product. So whether it's actually available to buy today. So 25% said that if this is information isn't available, then they will also move on as well. And then thirdly from there, and uh, I think this is a quite an important one, it helps tell the story, but if images are missing, 20% will also move on as well. So on the other hand, looking at upsells, uh, I think you mentioned uh, when we talked about Amazon, the importance of uh, recommendations. Do you have any statistics around how you can do upsells or how recommendations affect how much you, you can sell or, or so? You as a business have spent um, a lot of time engaging the customer. You've provided a lot of, a lot of products information that has allowed them to make a decision about buying a product and one thing that we had um, seen from our survey is that nearly one-fifth of consumers who have actually elected to buy a product actually continue looking um, related products as well so I think that is a significant opportunity for upsell and we still see today many websites that do not have the related upsell opportunity there so that's a significant amount of revenue that is being lost if you don't have that there and you know of that 20 percent that actually have um, looked at related products nearly half of those actually go on to buy from that so you know these are not insignificant numbers by any stretch of the imagination so it's important to ensure that you're realizing the opportunity to link um, products um, to the initial product that you have um, actually spent time selling to this customer so I think that we will dive deeper into in, um, in another episode that are, are coming soon of Pinpoint is video and, and that kind of rich media. So uh, did you also examine the importance of the video uh, when it comes to uh, buying decisions? Yes. So um, that was actually one of the um, quite interesting um, surprises here because you know we we have spoken about images and if they're not actually there but actually one third of um, consumers are actually more likely to buy products if there is available video showing the product in different um, contexts and you know I've seen many scenarios um, where you know even from a personal perspective I, I've been doing some DIY projects you know, in my own home over the last couple of years. And one of the key things for me personally, and this would relate to pretty much any anyone, is, you know, I was looking at doing a particular thing to a, a garden shed and I was buying this new product and I had no idea of how to use this, but it actually had a video and showing how to use it and the applications of it. And for me, this was this greatly helped me in or, or helped in influencing um, the the buying of that product. So you know, while this is a survey of you know some um, anonymous people, I, I can directly relate to this. So I, I think it's really important to ensure that you've got sufficient rich media that adds some extra extra context or um, additional context to, to the product that is there um, without a shadow of a doubt. And, you know, I, I think in a very competitive market, it's very important that brands should be overperforming in this particular area when it comes to, to content. And another chapter 
in our survey, turning browsers into buyers covers uh, the misalignment of expectation uh, and that it drives returns. And I guess that is something that can be very costly if the, the return rate is going up. So what does that have to do with product information? Our survey actually told us that um, nearly a quarter of all consumers say that um, the products that they actually buy online rarely meet expectations. And, you know, if you actually break down that statement and uh, the, the, the number of um, um, people not having their expectations met, this is solely down to product content not being um, correct and being related to the product that was bought. And I think if you look at the, the industry when it actually comes to, to returns in the UK, I saw a statistic recently, this wasn't from our survey, but I actually saw a statistic recently that actually said that when it comes to returns in the UK, it's actually at about six billion pounds. That's a significant amount of revenue that is being returned as a result of misalignment of expectations and not having the right product content. This is surely an opportunity for, for many businesses out there. Yeah, but, but you said a quarter, they felt that the product didn't meet the ex expectations. So how, ma how many will actually return the product? So just under 50%, um, um, just under half. Um, Whoa. Say they always return products that's and a lot that, that, it's, a, it's a huge amount it's a huge amount and it it just goes to show you know um the the, the misalignment of expectations when it comes to products and then therefore the presentation of those products as well so this surely is an opportunity that every business should be looking into yeah so we have talked quite a lot about the differences in between the younger buyers compared to the older and of course a lot of things is happening in this space for from where you buy to what is influencing your purchase. So could you say th something about what influences your purchase in between different age groups? Yeah. And, you know, if you look at social media today and uh, the way products are being um, um, presented, you often get scenarios where you've got superstars, you know, endorsing products. You've got some key influencers endorsing products. And what our survey actually told us was that nearly one fifth of respondents said that um, having an influencer would actually help with the, the, the purchase of a product. So this is something that shouldn't be ignored at all. And, you know, uh, this actually increases to 28% among 18 to 24-year-olds. Um, and this is the classic age range that are often, you know, on social media looking at influencers. And, you know, this is the new next step for endorsing products and ensuring that they're being sold in this particular age range. One thing that really stood out to me when I read this research was that one third of the consumers had purchased products through voice activated devices. And I mean, if we compare to what's happening here in the Nordics, I mean, I think this hasn't really taken off here. I mean, we, we are getting these devices, Google Home, uh, Alexa. Since we don't have Amazon here, I think that's probably the main reason. Back to UK again, your family, your friends. Do you get these signals that people are starting to, to purchase through, through these uh, voice-activated devices? 
Yeah, a great question. And, you know, I've got three kids and one of those is 12. And, you know, she's had a phone for nearly four years now. And, you know, when I watch her and her friends using their phones, they're using their phones in ways that I just would never, ever think of. So, you know, you've really got to understand who the market is and you know more recently i actually saw my daughter you know using siri to do searches i personally don't do that myself but i'm of a different generation and you know while we've got the likes of alexis out there you know these devices that do allow for searches of products and you know among other things this is the technology that is going to be paired to the generation that is growing up now so i only expect the ability or the use of um, voice searches um, as being something that will grow as time does pass and you know i think we should be really watching this space. I mean, I was actually at um, um, a conference in Manchester on Tuesday, and um, a lot of the presenters there were talking a lot about voice. To my actual surprise, and I actually got had to think about this and relate to what I was seeing in the market. And you know, businesses are starting to talk about this and the technology behind voice is becoming that much better now where you know recognition is very good you don't have a lot of the issues that you would have seen five ten years ago when you were talking to ai driven voice activated devices you don't see that now so it's becoming a very seamless um, um, thing to do and i I think this is going to be one of the new things to be looking at now Yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting because now we have the UK results in this first uh, version of turning browsers into buyers, but we're also going to release the German and and the the ones in the Benelux and in the Nordics. And and this, uh, with the voice-activated search purchases, is going to be interesting to follow region by region and see where we are. And I think UK is in the front when it comes to that. We talked about video and uh, the importance of having video content on your product, but I guess video is also used for influencing us when it comes to you know marketing products and so on. And and we have the online video today, and we also have the the traditional TV ads or so. Did we look at that and how that influenced different age groups or so? Yes, we actually did, and you know what we found is that. YouTube in particular was one of the most trusted platforms for video information about products. This came in at about 49% in terms of um, trust. And this surprisingly was followed by 32% Facebook. So, you know, the importance of video is pretty high there. And, you know, there's, there's nothing better than having um, a secondary channel that enables you to have extra context uh, around your your products. And this is where YouTube really is in its element there. Surprisingly over Facebook, I must say. Yeah, that might also be uh, um, like a generation thing. I don't know. But uh, I mean, Facebook, they, they are focusing a lot on video because it's growing all the time. Uh, what about traditional TV? Yeah, and you know we can't forget about TV. It's quite a, a powerful way of influencing people. And you know what our survey say, said is that forty-eight um, percent of consumers chose to to purchase a product based on the influence of a TV ad. So you know the more traditional ways of influencing people is still working. And is that surprising? 
probably not because we still do spend a lot of time watching tv whether that's actually on our tv or whether it's on our phone you know they're still advertising through that medium of um, of tv itself and actually youtube came in at a, a distant second at um, 15 percent so quite interesting that traditional tv is still doing very well even in today's digital world all right i think that um, sums it up so uh, thank you so much bradley for being on pim talk today and looking forward to have you back on the show talking about more uh, different topics and and maybe also go deeper into the uk market so um see you around Thanks a lot, and I'm looking forward to it, Thomas. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. All right, that was that. And if you want to know more about uh, turning browsers into buyers, you can go to the inriver.com website and download the ebook. I will also add the link to that page in the show notes. This week, the 14th and 15th of November, we have Business Consultant and Developer Academy in Malmö. And in a few weeks, we will have it in Chicago as well. The 5th and the 6th of December, we have Business Consultant and Developer Certification. I want to hear now, let's talk about him.